Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Yeah, I think Johnny, your mic seems to have gone forward a bit. Would you be able to lean it back ever so slightly? So like lean that? it back no, the other way. Always. All right, is that what? Yeah, Perfect. it just sounds a little bit crisper. Lovely. All right. As always, bringing the pod into disrepute. Um... <laughs> What are you going to say there? You should I'll, go fuck yourself, you are going to yeah, say, weren't you? I gave you the finger and then I thought, I'll leave it there. Nothing more needs to be said. Hello, hello, everybody. And welcome to this, episode five of Failing Better. An episode that already some are saying could become the greatest podcast episode in the history of the medium. I am Sean McLaughlin, your intrepid co-host. I'm alongside Johnny Pelham. And we are... Failing better. Five-star reviews, please. Five-star five reviews. reviews. You've heard the kids in the playground doing that now, haven't you, by now? It's all over the news. The people on the news are doing that. <laughs> Hugh Edwards and, and, and another one. Hugh Edwards and Fiona Bruce met up and did Failing Better together. It was very fun. Very good. They did it for Children in Need, which uh, we appreciate. And, yep, uh, and some children out of need and do donate generously to those people. God, funny, clever, and charitable. Is there anything these podcasters can't do? <laughs> um, thank you so much for listening. We should. We haven't plugged our tour in a while. Should we plug our tours? Yes, please. I'm going on tour with my award-winning show. <laughs> when did you want? Has it won? It's won one award. The Herald Angel, yes. You, won't, you didn't shut the fuck up about that in episode three. How, uh, many, how many awards have you won, Sean? In your life? In your whole life. Have you ever, won, a, have you ever won, a, won an award for anything in your life, Sean? I've won football awards. For, have you really? Yeah. Are you, good at, you can't, are you good at football? Johnny, you are talking to the under-14s Players Player of the Year for Fishersgate Flyers. <laughs> Fishergate Flyers? Were you from Fishergate? Fishersgate was one of my local Sunday League teams. I played for it. I didn't just play for it, Johnny. I captained it. Uh, I, I was a, a marauding, marauding centre back. Uh, they did. Did they strip me of the captaincy? Yes. Did morale go down? No. <laughs> but why don't worry you, why about were you it. Stripped of the captaincy. What did you do? Oh, just, I slept with one of my one of the uh, one of the coach's wives. <laughs> At fourteen, so you, At 14. you were sexually abused. <laughs> Great. <laughs> <laughs> you were sexually abused by a woman and they took away your captaincy because of it. This is typical victim blaming. Johnny... And this is why we need male rights charities to deal with how men suffer sexual abuse too. Okay, so, uh, well, you've got that plug for your fucking tour show out of the way. Well done. I mean, immediately you've given us a hole to dig ourselves out of on the pod. I really wanted this one to just be less manic than the last one, but already you've, you've ruined it. <laughs> Go see Johnny, Off Limits. It's a great, very honed, surprisingly intelligent show about a very sensitive issue from a man who wouldn't know sensitivity and intelligent if it fucking punched him in the head. But there you go. Why would sensitivity punch him in the head? You have no idea what sensitivity means. It might stroke me on the head. But it's not going to put you in punched by your sensitivity, are you? It's, see, too, it's... it's too graphic an uh, act for, some, for a sensitive thing to do. Well, maybe I paint pictures with words, Johnny. But flawed maybe, pictures. maybe, the, maybe what are you flawed? You, there's such a, there's not, a flawed picture. Not Every picture. Uh, oh, you think Picasso's pictures weren't flawed? He didn't even know where fucking eyes and noses were. He was an absolute hack. <laughs> That's not where see, our mouth goes, Picasso. Go to see Sean's tour where everything is formed perfectly. If you like form, go to see Sean. Yeah, if you like form, go and see me. 
because I'm a master of it. <laughs> master of the form and also a master of subversing it. Uh, no, but seriously, do go see me. Uh, so be it. Uh, a few shows in April, May, and then the main tour in the autumn. And at the Edinburgh Fringe, where me and Johnny were meant to be living together until he texted me the other night and went, yeah, I'm not doing the Fringe anymore. Um, I, can't, I can't do the Fringe due to other projects, which sadly cannot be announced due to them being too secret to reveal. Quite big projects. Let's just say, I'll see you in LA. Leonardo DiCaprio. Imagine. Imagine. Leonardo DiCaprio was starring in the adaptation of Johnny's book about dogging. <laughs> <laughs> the man who brought coffee to a dogging <laughs> cut to Leonardo DiCaprio's face. <laughs> it is the erotic thriller of the decade. <laughs> Leonardo DiCaprio, Pamela Anderson, and Johnny Pelham star in Celebs Go Dogging on E4. <laughs> This you, seem, you seem to have such a loose grasp of what Oscars and films and celebs <laughs> go dogging on E4. And you think you're going to win an Oscar for that? Yeah, I'm confident about our chances. Uh, anyway, Johnny, how you been? Good. Uh, my news is um, I've been <laughs> asked to be an ambassador for two more charities. Are you fucking kidding me? You know, you haven't. <laughs> You've been asked to be an ambassador for two more charities. Yeah. You, uh, listeners, if you don't know, listen to our episode two if you want to hear us be pretty flippant about... Uh, well, not flippant. I think you're, you're the ambassador of a very noble charity. I, I felt quite guilty about that because the charity is genuinely a brilliant charity and I, I feel like I ambassadored badly for it. And, well, and I, I would say that you ambassadored badly, yes, yeah. It is obviously a brilliant charity, Smile Train. We'll put a link to donate to it in this one. I would say, and I don't want to insult a charity, <laughs> they made a massive error hiring you as an ambassador. Well, this is what I don't understand, because I, I did feel quite guilty about that. Because like, when I said they gave me gifts, all they gave me was like a T-shirt that said Smile Train on that I did a tweet about, and then like some really cheap other stuff. So, so I don't want people thinking they're spending their money and they're just giving it to fucking idiots like me. Mm. But what I don't understand is why two more charities have asked me to be an ambassador for them. And are they charities like Smile Train that are linked to health problems that you've had or issues that you've had? One of them is uh, the 9010 Project, which is a project about... Um, it's about uh, child sexual abuse and about how most people... <sighs> every ep- no, God oh, damn it, Johnny. But it's a chat about how every, like, 90% of people who abuse know the person who abuses them. Uh-huh. And it's a very worthy charity. And uh, and the other one is called Take the Jump, and it's an environmental charity. And uh, the issue I have, Sean, is I don't feel like I am good enough to be an ambassador for them. Well, it makes sense that you would be ambassador for, is it the 9010 Project? Yeah. Because, you know, as, you know, you've done a great shows, you've talked about this publicly, about how this is an issue that affected you. Uh, the environmental one does seem like a curveball to me. <laughs> I'll be honest, Johnny. Given, as the listeners know, I am a patron of an environmental charity. <laughs> I give to the RSPB. I'm looking after the trout, the birds, the moss, <laughs> the sea bass of this great land. You know, without me, there would be no- the whole world would be car parks. <laughs> so why did you get this call? I don't understand. What do they say? I mean, this is what makes me doubt the charity. I mean, this is why I shouldn't be an ambassador for the charity. I'm only about to slag it off. But they said they, 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 said they thought I could help with, like, outreach. But I've got 900 Instagram followers. I mean, there were, there were fucking there were puffins with more Instagram followers than me. <laughs> like, I know, like I'm, not, I'm not a good ambassador, but it feels like... I, don't want to t- I feel mean turning down these great charities, but then I feel like I, would add, I had no value. What what is the environmental angle on it? What is what is it specifically about? It's called take the jump, and you do. There's like six pledges. The basic idea is that it's very easy to feel nihilistic and apathetic when it comes to climate change because it's such a sort of massive issue. But scientific studies show that 33 percent of um, climate change can be done by individual action. So there are six pledges, which are. I can't remember what they are. <laughs> but they're things like only don't, fly... Don't get, don't get chocolate on your cock. <laughs> don't get chocolate on your cock. Whatever you do, don't go dogging, go walking. 
Um, if you're going to go dogging, go in an electric vehicle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but so basically, the idea is that we can, and what they want, they want me to take the pledge and then do like these six things and then post them out on Instagram. Are you serious? I'm genuinely, I'm shocked at that. I mean, I don't. I mean, I I am shocked too. I don't. I really know. I I. And this, you want to know something about me, Johnny? Yeah. I'm an environmentalist. Are you? I'm a lifelong environmentalist. This is going to shock you, Johnny. I've been on protests about the environment. Have you? What have you been doing? Pro fracking? Pro <laughs> more fracking. More oil spills. <laughs> well, ch- penguins are not covered in oil enough for me. <laughs> so I, um... I was... Shall I put them in touch with you? Because I sort of don't think I'm going to do it. Cause it feels I, can't, like... I absolutely can't be fucking arsed with that. <laughs> um... <laughs> No, I don't think I'm going to do it. I, I give just... money, though. I give money. That's better than outreach, isn't it? Um, probably. Who do you give money to? You give it to the birds, don't you? We've already talked about your fucking love I give it birds. to the birds. I also donate. And I just, I, I'm not saying this, but it's come up naturally in conversations. I donate to an organisation called 350.org. And what do they do? They get the it, number it is, of days it, in a year. It is what? a fund for every woman I've had sex with this week. What? <laughs> uh, no, it's about, um, it's about climate change and shit. Uh, I am um, something great happened to me the other day. I was in M and S because you know things are going pretty well. Uh, I love spending my girlfriend's money, um, and uh, and I went to um, the thing, and there was like a charity for like you can give a pound to Ukraine, and then I said I'll do that, like without any, no one would have known I'd given money to Ukraine, and then it there was a mistake made or something, and so the woman had to come over and like scan the fact I'd given money to Ukraine, so I was able to be like. Yeah, sorry, it's not working because I'm just too charitable. It was like the perfect thing where I got the, the, the kudos for doing a good deed, but it clearly wasn't, you know what I mean? Yeah, I guess. I, I guess that's one way to view the world. Uh... It's my way. I'm all about marginal gains. What, <laughs> um, what other charities would you turn down? Like, what would you turn down? Turn I mean, down. you might turn these down, but let's say you weren't a patron of any charities and you were approached by... Let's say you approached by um, a Spanish mule sanctuary. Would you? Would you do that? I, I, absolutely not. I just no? feel they're, they're bigger priorities. But my issue is, I feel however good the however good the charity is, I'm like almost the the better the charity, the more I'd feel like a cunt doing it because I'm. It's like if you know Captain Birds. You're a cunt. Yeah, yeah. It's like if Captain Birds I turned out to be a misogynist and started holding back fish fingers. That's what I feel I do to. <laughs> <laughs> that's what that's what I do to anything I become an ambassador for. It's like I'm I'm dragging the ticket down. Yeah, there's, there's nothing that's benefit. Like you know, the Spanish mules would do better without me on their side. <laughs> I used to raise money for Spanish mules. What is wrong with you? <laughs> What's wrong with me? <laughs> what the fuck? What? <laughs> no, I did that when I, I was I did charity fundraising on the phone for years. That was my the Spanish what, mules. No, they gave you what you, for most of it was about like cancer and Bernardos. Have, have and then, you ever have you ever done anything out of your own goodwill for human beings, or do you just do you hate humanity? What are you talking about? What are you, what are you talking about? <laughs> Hello, birds. What are you talking about? What it, climate change? That's humans. I'm helping humans. Yeah, but you're also helping the puffins. Don't try and get me on a technical. What do you want me to do? Do you want me to fuck it? Do you want me to find a charity that is explicitly pro-human and anti-puffin? Is that your issue? <laughs> no, and they're not going to be anti-puffin. I just want them to be more pro-human. Oh, I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm going to. I'm going to give to a charity that helps homeless people back on their feet and gives them all rifles they can kill puffins with. Is that what you want? I think the second bit of the charity is superfluous. Help the homeless people. You don't need to murder puffins. I. Uh, have put on benefits for the homeless. Uh, they didn't enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you listen to this man do comedy for an hour and then go back to the streets? <laughs> it was a tough bucket speech. Um, but no, I genuinely have. Um, I think we should all give to charity. I think I, you know, I think this is actually a nice start to the pod. I think we're both good eggs. We give to charity. I mean, some of us give to charity in more public ways than others. I don't need to be the face of an organisation. Uh, I certainly don't need to uh, fake, uh, <laughs> do a pretend thing and go, oh, I guess I'll have to make the Ukraine woman come over. And so everyone knows I'm giving a quid. What a nice man. I mean, um, I'm a lovely man. I do think um, I might quit comedy and become an ambassador, though. <laughs> Clearly the world looks at me and thinks, ambassador. And I get it. I, I look at myself and I think, yeah. Do you think you do you think you could ever be like an international ambassador? 
I because you've I... got you've got a, your your masters is in international politics, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you could become a diplomat. I mean, is that is that something you ever thought of going into? Regularly, it was either stand-up comedy or diplomat. I looked. I had two maps on the wall, and one was become a, a megabus riding comedian, and the other was to become. Uh, a three-course dinner-eating ambassador. I'd love to be an ambassador. What, what a great be, job! What would you be an ambassador for? What do you mean, just for a country? I'd be, I'd be, I'd be like the, I'd like to be the British attaché somewhere like. In what country though? Estonia. You're not no, Liechtenstein. No, no. You're not getting bigger than that. I don't think. What are you on about? I think I'd, I think I'd, I think they, they'd have to put me somewhere where I'd belong. So they'd be like, <laughs> where do you belong? <laughs> they put me like, they go like, they'd put you in a bin. <laughs> We can do the ambassador of this fucking bin. No, I think that I, I genuinely think they'd like if I was there they'd say, right, we need to make sure that we need someone who understands the local populace. So they'd probably make me like they'd probably send me to like Miami or like Monte Carlo. They'd be like, He's such a classy guy. He's such a party he's got he's got class, but he's also a party animal. So that's where we'd send him. So I think that's why I'd be. I'd probably be like the ambassador to Florida. <laughs> I think that may, I could see you as the ambassador to Florida. I think that that'd be the perfect fit for you. Can I just yeah. say my dog is barking relentlessly, uh, and if, so if you can hear that on the pod, that's just my dog who, in the previous episode, I called a pervert. So now she's getting a revenge by ruining this podcast. <laughs> and do you, do you think that's? Do you think this incessant barking is part of her sort of? sort of warped sexual games. I wonder if she's threatening Snakey right now. She's got a snake called Snakey. She dry humps pretty much 24-7 now. And I wonder if she's trying to... Sk- like it's become more sadist... Sadis- What's the word? Sadistical? Sadistic. Sadistic's not statistical. <laughs> it's become statistical. <laughs> Listeners, is it obvious that we're recording... Two episodes back to back, and both of us were in pretty bad shape even during the first one. So, I don't know what you're um, talking about. Um, do keep do keep the five star reviews coming. Uh, I'm actually I'm I'm delighted we're doing this. I'm taking a couple days off after this. I never have days off. What are you doing on your days off? I don't know. I have got a meeting with my accountant, and I'll probably Ooh, just that be a long meeting. <laughs> it's going to be a very short meeting. <laughs> You've got eighty two p. There's a lot. Of, one. <laughs> a lot of zeros on your account. <laughs> And a big uh, old minus. Um, that'd be all right if you had minus zero. It wouldn't be all right if I had mi- if I had minus zero. I would still say that's a pretty low bank account. Yeah, but it's better than having minus seventeen million. No, it isn't. It, it isn't. Is. No, it Why isn't. Not? Johnny, did you not learn anything from our get rich quick episode? I can honestly say I learned very little. <laughs> Johnny, haven't you ever heard the phrase? If you owe a hundred dollars, that's your problem. If you owe a hundred million dollars, that's the bank's problem. I've never heard that phrase. Well, I've just told it to you. Is that and a real that, phrase? Every, everything's a real phrase. There's nothing that isn't a real phrase. No, but some, when you say "Have you ever heard the phrase?" it implies that the phrase is well known, not just the sort of peculiar thoughts that you say out loud. Well, it's not that peculiar. <laughs> it is a that is a phrase. If you owe a hundred dollars, it's your problem. If you owe a hundred, that must be a phrase. If that isn't a phrase. <laughs> That I am genuinely so much more brilliant than anyone could have imagined. <laughs> don't you think? I don't, I don't think that at all. I think if that isn't a phrase, that makes a lot of sense. If that is a phrase, it's quite a weird phrase. Right. Get, that's the first bit of merch. First bit of merch. Failing better, mouse mat with the phrase if you're $100, that's your problem. <laughs> I think there's a copyright issue here in that um, it belongs to John Paul Getty. What? Does it? <laughs> so the mouse mat might be um, out of the picture, unfortunately. It is a phrase, though, right? It is. It's, yeah. It's that was, produ- that was capitalist John Paul Getty once said. That was Paul, our producer, saying there, putting in to support Sean. <laughs> well, there you go. That's a shame. There you go. John Paul Getty. John Paul Getty. What was his deal? Do you know anything about him, Paul? What, what else did he do? We should do an episode about him. from the, the, the film that Kevin Spacey was edited out of. Bugs Life. That's <laughs> <laughs> made famous from my Bugs Life. Um, Imagine if a bug in Bugs Life said that. 
A Bug's Life actually does have some pretty impressive stuff about the power of the 99% against the 1%, Johnny. It does, yeah, but I don't think they're talking about owning $100 because they're all bugs. They don't have dollars because they are bugs. <laughs> can, we, can, we put that, can, we, can we put that on a T-shirt? Paul, did Getty ever say that? Is there a copyright issue if we go... I think that that'll be our first piece. That'll be our first. Listeners, look out! Look out for our first piece of merch. They don't have dollars because they're bugs. Bugs don't have dollars. Uh, What do they have, Johnny? Why is your your screen's gone really bright? Yeah, because I turned my light on. (laughs) Why? To metaphorically show the light going on within my head. It was an. It was a. It was a symbolic moment of. You becoming closer to Christ. Yes, that means Lord, a- which means absolutely nothing to anyone listening to this show, Johnny. You fucking idiot! When well, um, you suddenly just brightened yourself right up, I didn't know what was going on. No, it's anyway, anyway. So what? Look, so what's what suffers is, is if bugs don't have money because they're bugs. <laughs> bugs don't have dollars because they're bugs. Great. Um, get, it, get it on a car. On a car. <laughs> <laughs> Our first piece of uh, first piece of merch. So, 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 some podcasts are much too small fry. They just go with like a mug or maybe a bit of clothing, a bag or something. Not us. We're releasing our own car. <laughs> the the McLaughlin Pelham meal. <laughs> it goes not to 60 in over 17 seconds. Not <laughs> to 60 in 17 seconds, and it is emblazoned with the phrase <laughs> bugs don't have dollars because they're bugs. <laughs> And it costs seven hundred thousand pounds, <laughs> and all money does not go to charity. None of the money goes to charity. It costs seven hundred thousand pounds, and we're still losing money because we <laughs> set up our own. How long do you think it would take us? The genuine question before we go into the main bit of the pod: if we decided to set up a car company to make yeah. cars for this pod, which I think we should, nothing's off the table. Nothing's off the table. We're doing very well on the on the on the rankings. Do you think, I mean, how long do you think it would take for us to turn a profit? What's the first step? First step is get a logo. Second step, buy a factory. First step, get those cars rolling out there. <laughs> get those cars rolling out. <laughs> Fourth step, victory. Yeah, so it feels quite simple. Um, so I'd say like a couple of months. <laughs> well, what's that phrase? Uh, yeah, what's the thing that Henry Ford said? There's only what there's... He said, um, let's make loads of Fords and standardise it. <laughs> of course. That's the phrase I had in my head. Now, what's the thing he said? You can get uh, the Model T in any colour as long as the colour is black. That was his thing. Well, we've got a similar phrase for the McLaughlin Pelomobile. You can get the McLaughlin Pelomobile in any colour, provided it is luminous, glow-in-the-dark green. <laughs> <laughs> And it is emblazoned with the letters in bright white with our famous catchphrase, bugs don't have dollars. Because they're bugs. They are bugs. We're going to be millionaires. Prove us wrong, Obama. Or yeah. anyone else listening. Um, right. Fuck me. Uh, do come see us on tour. <laughs> Should we open for each other on tour? Would that be something that people would want to see? Or do you think it would actively discourage people from coming? Email in. Because actually, by this point, we, you've actually listened to it, so you can email in. If you want us to be on tour... <laughs> by, by this point, you've actually listened to it, so you can email in. Because the previous ones, we we released three or four, we did three or four before we'd released the first one, didn't we? That is true. So then when we were talking about people emailing in, they, they physically couldn't because it wasn't out yet. Whereas now they can. Yeah, so Johnny, you... what, what is the email address, actually? I'm curious. Uh, what is it? <laughs> It's uh, failingpod at gmail.com. God almighty, Johnny. Can you fucking get your shit together with this? <laughs> what is it? Failingbetterpod at gmail.com. Well, why has Twitter not got better in it? Because there's already a failing better. But why isn't there a failing better pod at gmail.com? Right, let me have a look at this. I don't know. What do you mean, what? There is a failing better pod at gmail.com. <laughs> yeah, well, I just said that is what the email is. Why didn't they take it, though? Why didn't who take it? The previous podcast, the Twitter cunts. <laughs> I don't know. I guess they didn't care enough about their audience. We they didn't, care they, they about didn't, you. We care about you. We want you to have a voice in this podcast. We want to have your voice on what you want in our car. We don't see you as listeners. We see you as partners in a collaboration to make the world a better place. And that is why you should email us in with your suggestions on what you want on our cars. 
Do you want do you want Bugs Life quotes, or do you want other quotes? Can I be controversial for yep. a man who's about to release a car with a Bugs Life qu- quote imprinted on it? I prefer ants. <laughs> I I think ants is clearly the superior thing. It but is maybe superior. That, that fits all sort of downbeat, downtrodden podcast ways. Which we're, we're failing better. We're not ants yet. With Bugs Life. <laughs> is there is there a good ants quote we could put on a car? There's got to uh, be one. Ants are better than bugs. I don't know if they ever said that in ants. We'll have to rewatch it. Um, <laughs> That's the pod. If you want to watch us watch ants to try and find a good <laughs> to try and find a good quote, then come on down to the Leicester Square Theatre on the 12th of May, <laughs> where, we, where we will be doing an hour-long watch of ants together ants, with you, which is a 90-minute film. <laughs> So we're going to spend £42.50 and available from all websites. <laughs> Come down, 12th of May, Leicester Square Theatre, £14.50. Me and Johnny are watching Ants with you. Now, if you turn up, there will be tickets on the door. The venue will deny that this is happening. This is part of a ruse. To discourage well, terrorists. What we want you to if do you is push become through, furious. <laughs> become furious with them. Scream. We know the podcast is on here. Do not stop us and ve- barge your way into the... <laughs> the venue has been very supportive. Uh, they've been very supportive because they said, oh, so what, do we sell the tickets? We go, no, you have to pretend it's not happening. You have to get... and They have to get angry. They have to get angry. It's, it's taken a lot to ensure it. Feel free to get violent, listeners. It is the only way they'll believe you. Yeah. Um, and we'll get down and we'll watch the first 59 minutes of Ants. <laughs> And then join us at a secret after party where we'll be watching the last 30 minutes. And we'll all be dressed up as our favourite character from Ants. <laughs> all right. Um, genuinely, uh, follow us on failing, at failingpod on Twitter. Uh, do send us an email on failingbetterpod at gmail.com. If you're the uh, manager of Bastille... Why haven't you sent us an email yet? Have we got our... We're getting our PRs on there. I think we're getting our PRs to contact them. We are... That, that ship has not sailed, by the way. They're getting Bastille on this podcast. What do you think, Johnny? I feel, I feel more and more confident every day that Bastille will appear on this podcast. In fact, I'd go to, as far to say to make an absolute guarantee, uh, an oath, an oath to every listener listening to this podcast, that we will get Bastille on here. Not only will Bastille appear on this podcast... We can exclusively exclusively reveal 100%. They will perform live at the Ants <laughs> watching. They will be providing their own score. Uh, 100% guaranteed. 100% guaranteed. Mention this when you're threatening the venue staff. <laughs> this is like the secret password for them to yeah. go, right, they're truly fans, they can get in. Yeah, if you say, we know Bastille are inside, you fucking cunts. <laughs> Then you'll get shepherded straight into the venue where you'll yeah. see a Bastille and us shaking hands and making fun happen. <laughs> All right. Main pod soon. Main pod. Thank you very much, guys. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. 
United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Welcome back, listeners, to Failing Better. Uh, Johnny, how are you feeling at this moment? <laughs> I feel excited and um, intrigued to learn what we're going to be learning this episode. Yeah, it's, a, it's sort of an interesting, uh, an interesting take, I guess. This is not technically self-help because we sort of mentioned we were going to do self-help books, have interviews with famous people. We were meant to have an interview with a famous person on this episode. Uh, it did fall through. Is that because you? Is that because they failed to respond to a text message, or because you failed to respond to a text message? Um, I would say there's a breakdown of, co- uh, of <laughs> communication. And we'll Who leave would you it say at that. led to that breakdown of communication? Would it be you? Look, I did my best, but Mr. Woody Allen says that he will appear <laughs> in a future pod. Fantastic, uh, and the hope is that he can talk about his. Uh, <laughs> Voice role in Ants, where, of course, he played the lead character. Um, it's all leading to that. No, we are talking about um, Rudyard Kipling, and in particular, his poem, If, which, in its own way, is probably the most common spread piece of sort of self-help bullshit amongst the British population and maybe the wider world. Would you... What do you think of that statement I just made, Johnny? I think the use of the word bullshit was quite damning on a podcast <laughs> all about self-improvement. It really shows how you feel about the industry we're trying to um, take over. Mm. Uh, what, Kipling, um, obviously very good at making cakes, but was he good at poetry? Wasn't he a big anti-Semite? Right, well, let's, let's talk about this, shall we? Uh, we wanted to do an episode... Because uh, we keep talking about doing episodes like sort of profiles of successful people, but cert- we also don't want to do stuff that's tone deaf in the context of a world that's sort of decreasing. And so I thought, oh, we'll do a nice one about this this poem, If, that people seem to get a lot of motivation about their lives from. Uh, the problem is it was uh, it was written by a man called Rudyard Kipling, who is probably the most pro-British Empire man you've ever met in your, in your life. <laughs> he makes Winston Churchill look like Jeremy Corbyn. And... Uh, <laughs> Well, we just have to deal with that. That's just how it goes. He um, he was, was a good bo- writer, though. Well, yes, he was a very good writer. He wrote the Jungle Book. It's probably his biggest novel novella thing. A famously uh, even-handed look at colonialism. <laughs> no problems in Jungle Book whatsoever. I don't know what you're talking about. I watch Jungle Book. All I see is a story about a little boy in his pants making friends <laughs> with tigers. I mean, that's just, that's life. Yeah, you're a simple man with simple pleasures, and you like to see little boys in their pastures playing with tigers. <laughs> I really, really wish you would stop calling me a simple man on the podcast. Because oh you called me it in the last one, and it really is this close to you calling me a simpleton. <laughs> you really are a simpleton. Oh, I'm sorry. I feel like you feel I'm, you're quite mean to me, too, though. I think it's all. I'm not mean. You're quite mean. You've said quite a lot of hurtful things to me. Have I? Johnny, yeah. I'm sorry. Don't worry, I forgive you because you're a simple man. <laughs> the classic back and forth repartee of your favourite podcast. Is this uh, a game of tennis? Because they're serving a lot of gold. <laughs> um, have, you, have you ever watched tennis? <laughs> yeah. They're serving a lot of gold. Yeah, yeah, metaphorical gold. No, what, I mean, what, I would, what I would say with that for that, if I wanted to say that, I'd say... Um, uh, is this a Ferrero Rocher advert? Because they're serving a lot of gold-covered chocolate. Yeah, you'd have to put the end, otherwise it wouldn't make it. That's any... the problem. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, we will never put that on a car, listener. That is our <laughs> solemn vow. We will never put that one on a car. Is this the monetary system before the Bretton Woods global thing stopped gold being the financial standard? Because they're serving a lot of gold. Still doesn't work, really. I'm just trying to think of a way that gold could be. Is this the big bang where gold stopped being the... Anyway, I'll move on. Is this an ABBA best of 
being sold at a shop because they're serving a lot of gold. You've absolutely nailed it, Sean. You are the winner of this game, and I give you a thousand points to Gryffindor, Hufflepuff, Ravenclaw, or Slytherin, whichever is your house of choice. I mean, uh, I'm looking at you, I'm seeing a Hufflepuff. <laughs> what's wrong with a Hufflepuff? <laughs> Nothing, you're a great Hufflepuff. You should be very proud of who you are. are you, what would you be then? Which Harry Potter house would you be? I think, I'd, I think, although I feel like a lot of what I've said in this pod would undermine this claim, I think I'd be a Ravenclaw. <laughs> you are beyond <laughs> Slytherin. You're, beyond, you're too Slytherin for Slytherin. I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm quite nice. I don't think I'm quite... I'm not, I'm not a duplicitous fella, I wouldn't say. I'm not uh, that au fait with the Harry Potter universe, but I... Uh, I always felt like Gryffindor and Slytherin really did get far too much PR. I felt for the members of Ravenclaw and Hufflepuff. Well, Ravenclaw were meant to be intelligent and Hufflepuff, I think, were the, the dregs, really. Oh. But, but also they were very loyal and they were good people. Because I think I'm stepping into... Because I'm not that or favourite. I think Cedric Diggory, who was an all-round great guy, was a member of Hufflepuff. Oh, I was he? About, I might be wrong about that, but he dies. Spoiler alert, if you've not yet watched Harry Potter, if you're still trying to get round to it, Cedric Diggory dies in one of the episodes. In one of the episodes of Harry <laughs> Potter, Cedric Diggory dies. That is from the Oscar-winning E4 writer, Johnny Pelham. Anyway, Rudyard Kipling. Yeah. You ever see, have you ever seen The Jungle Book or read The Jungle Book? I've seen it, but you like years ago, and I was a child. Because obviously, I've grown up and don't watch that sort of thing anymore. Um, you just had a five-minute conversation about what Hufflepuff is, but it, it is. Um, <laughs> I think it's really good. The the Jungle Book. Uh, that said, I watched it on a plane, as 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 the author intended. Um, <laughs> but we're talking mainly about Rudyard Kipling's seminal poem. If if. Is there a more beautiful word in the English language than if, Johnny? Uh, yes. Please tell me what it is. N- the most beautiful word in the English language? Yeah. It is probably... Um, and. Because and is a connecting word and it brings people together. Wow. Sausage and mash. <laughs> Two... <laughs> Entities genuinely, genuinely, it's weird you said that because when I was doing research on Rudyard Kipling, he says that in his early years as a writer, he was so poor that he ate sausage, ma- sausage and mash three times a day. <laughs> that's not that poor. That's yeah. sa- I think he had, I think he had a very warped view of what poverty was. Yeah, what an absolute lunatic! Oh yes, I had to eat sausage and mash for breakfast. Um, but anyway, the, the the key thing is he wrote a bunch of he wrote a bunch of <laughs> a bunch of shit. <laughs> He was a freaking old. He was a. He was an old twat. He wrote a bunch of shit, but he wrote this poem "If" that is uh, very famous. I think it's, it must be famous internationally. This, um, if you're, it's a very famous poem, isn't it? If you're losing your head, blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah. If you're losing your head, pick it back up. <laughs> you shouldn't have slept with Henry the Eighth. Hello. <laughs> he truly, truly was a great visionary, wasn't he? You shouldn't have slept with Henry the Eighth. Uh, in the BBC's 1996 nationwide poll, If was voted the UK's favourite poem, gaining twice as many votes as the runner-up. What so was the runner-up? I don't know. All right. Probably something shit, wasn't it, if the British voted for it? And. <laughs> and. Steak and chips. <laughs> Sex and drugs and rock and roll. What is what? Do you know much about poetry? Are you a big... Uh, poetry is one of those things I, I wish I knew more about. I, I feel of... very similar. I feel it's one of those things where I, I think poets, when it's done badly, can be quite uh, off-putting. Mm. Uh, but but I feel like when it's done well, I'm sure it can be. I I feel like you. I, I don't feel I've I don't have enough knowledge of it to be anything but ignorant, and that makes me slightly sad. Oh well, uh, maybe we should do a poetry podcast one day. Uh, right. or, or how about we read poetry aloud during our ants live show? So we'll have ants sense, on. Yeah. Bastille will be playing, and we'll also be reading it poetry aloud. Yeah, I'll do some beat poetry about my life. I watched... Um, uh, this is really funny. Uh, well, I don't like saying it's a funny <laughs> anecdote because there's a chance it won't make it into the final edit. But um, anyhow, anyhow, let's give it a pop. Uh, I was once asked to host a end-of-year ball. Uh, no, like a comedy night uh, for a Cambridge University college. 
And this was many years ago. And it was pretty good money for like, it was definitely the most I was making. At, it, it was a lot of money for me at the time and would be now because uh, it's Cambridge University. £45. <laughs> a crisp £5 note straight into the breast pocket of young Sean McLaughlin. Uh, and I turn up and I had to go on at midnight. That's when the show started. It was in a big hall for loads of this sort of end of year do for all these, you know, posh twats who run the comedy <laughs> industry. <laughs> and, and what I didn't realise when I took the gig or when I was offered it, it certainly wasn't made clear to me, is that I was the only comedian. <laughs> it was being sold to the students as a comedy thing within this end of year thing. So there was a big party. It was amazing, really. But then sometimes people would come in and there was probably about 300 people stacked into this big hall at one of the colleges. And it started at midnight. So there was a great buzz. Everyone had had a few drinks. And as I said, they were all posh and they were about to run the country. I was the only comedian and everyone else on the bill was a poet. Uh, Right. So I go out and I do my stand-up and it's going okay and I'm sort of hosting it and comparing it and asking people where they're from, what do they do. All students. I did run out of <laughs> did run out of ground quite early on. And then I, I remember this so vividly. I, I I brought on the first poet and she goes, okay, everyone, this one's called Instant Rigor Mortis. <laughs> and I thought, this is a terrible, this is terrible. What are we doing here? There were 300 people in the room when the show started. It ran for an hour and a half, no break. At the end, this is not an exaggeration, there were five people in the audience. (laughs) I remember doing... I did it at Cambridge University where I had a joke about how I'm quite middle class and I said, I'm quite middle class and they just fell about laughing. Like, it was like a pre- it was like the beginning of a pre- like a premise establisher, and they were like, "That is gold." <laughs> it is. It is. It's a different world when you do Cambridge gigs. You feel like you, the, the history is so it's so steeped in that. Like it makes you feel I, very small. I have a lot of friends, you know, in comedy. There's a lot of people and who went to Oxford and Cambridge, and I genuinely like them, and I have nothing against them. But I, it, it, they can never truly understand quite. What a uh, what an obscene thing it is, um, I think. Uh, but I would have gone if I was offered. I suppose you must have been, you must have been close to getting offered. Not at Oxford all. or Cambridge place. Not at all, no? no, I um, my dad very early on said to me, uh, education is just like a passport. <laughs> you just need to get to the next stage, and that was quite an unhelpful thing to do because I meant I never really tried at all. <laughs> <laughs> Education is like a passport. You don't fucking need one, mate. Yeah, yeah. Stay in England. <laughs> Go to Dorset. I um, I was just spending my sort of school years trying not to get beaten up for being slightly different. So I think I did a very good job of that, and it became a that was my main aim, really. Oh, once again, just just a just a hint of melancholy brought in by Johnny Pelham. Yep. What a deep artist. I am a very deep artist. I'm like a C. Or something else that's quite deep. A big hole. <laughs> and you, you, you seriously say that, that you know nothing of poetry <laughs> when, when words like that come out. I really am deep like a sea or a big hole. <laughs> well, let's have a read about this, this, this thing if then. Let's just read this thing if and see what you reckon of it. This is basically a series. It's in verse... He's what he always said. He says, I don't write poems, I write verses. Because he was obviously a wanker. <laughs> uh, Are you going to read it as a in verse? Are you going to read it like, you, like you're reading a poem? Well, I am reading a poem. There's no other way to... Well, how else would I read it? Well, you could read it in a monotone, dull way. Or you could read it in like a... I think I'm going to be somewhere in between those. But I'm not going to be adding... I don't think that's in there. If you're a ba <laughs> If your podcast host is going ba do please don't insult. <laughs> but I think this 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 I think this poem really does have a profound impact. People in Britain love this shit. And by the way, if, if you're British and you don't know what I'm talking about, it's the one from Mike Bassett, England manager. <laughs> That's the poem we're talking about. Um, so let's see what advice he's got about British people and about the world. If you can keep your head when all around. Well, sorry, I've already... <laughs> my dad always says, every time this poem gets read out in my house, which is once a day, because we're patriots, 
he always says, if you can keep your head around when all about are losing theirs, then you clearly don't understand the situation. He said that to me, like, like 40 times in my life, and he always smiles at me to say, I've subverted it. Well, he has, yeah. Imagine if you told him that Henry VIII one that you said earlier. God, he'd he'd never be as proud as me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh! If you can keep your head when all about you are losing theirs and blaming it on you, if you can trust yourself when all men doubt you, but make allowance for their doubting too. So, so far, it's it's very sort of stoic. It's kind of a stoic, stiff upper lip, British upper class vibe, I think, in this poem. It's sort of like, just don't ever show any emotion. It sounds like the sort of thing he's trying... If people are criticising you for your colonial policies... <laughs> If well-founded criticism is coming off of your your horrific way of life, yeah, yeah, yeah. If people are calling you an arsehole, <laughs> yeah, don't do right. anything. But do keep at the back of your head that you might be an arsehole, yeah. but don't let them know that. <laughs> That's basically what he's saying. <laughs> if you can wait and not be tired by waiting, I'm never tired by waiting. I'll just have a nap. If anything, I'll be restored. <laughs> have a nap, Rudyard. <laughs> you twerp. Or being lied about, don't deal in lies. Or being hated, don't give way to hating. And yet don't look too good, nor talk too wise. It's I'm struggling with the I'm struggling with not looking too good or too wise, to be honest. That was a bit yeah. where I find myself often just looking too wise naturally. So uh, I, yeah, have to, <laughs> I have to put on a silly hat to undermine the wisdom that's coming from my from my own. God, he looks absolutely incredible. If he just took just took off that Shrek helmet, he'd really, he'd really look good. I had no idea Shrek had such wisdom. That's what people say about me all the time. Whoa, bugs don't have dollars. <laughs> Thanks, Shrek. Uh, someone made that guy the prime minister. I'm, 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 yeah, never mind. I think the thing with this poem is it's really long. And the famous, <laughs> the famous, really long, and I'm bored. End of podcast. The, the, it, John, this the, is such a shit self <laughs> You've just read a long poem. You've not even finished. <laughs> no, but it is. All right, all right, let's go to the next thing then. I've got, basically, I've got very specific problems with the, I think what the poem does is really good, and I do think it's very well written. I think it's astonishingly well written, in fact. Um like when, like my award-winning Edinburgh show. Tickets on sale now. <laughs> Fucking hell. Herald Angel. Maybe I'll have won an award by this one. Come I see my it. show. I doubt I it. Don't win, I don't win awards because you know what? I'm not a brown noser. Um, You're a fucking lovely man. You really changed course halfway through that sentence. You, caught, your, you caught yourself there, didn't you? I realised, I felt like you were complaining about me too, being too mean. And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. And then I began with you other fucking. And I thought, maybe he's got a point here. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think we're mean at all. I think we're, we're great friends. If you can dream and not make dreams your master. Ooh. If you can think and not make thoughts your aim. I so think- you're losing me there now, Roger. Yeah. <laughs> I think... Without thoughts, I'm kind of a bit fucked. You're aimless. If you can get into a coma... <laughs> I mean, it basically, it says that. If you can do something, but then make sure the opposite also happens. Mm. That's this whole poem. People act like it's so great. You uh, you it, act like it was so great. You're it it. It's great. Yeah, I know. I don't really know what I mean about it. I, think, right, I like you, the nuance of it. I like the... Because particularly in today's polarised world where people can only see one point of view, maybe we need that this is sort true. of nuance. We need the ability to say, I believe this but i may not be right that everyone could learn from this wonderful poem if i do agree with that i mean that's that's the truth there is brilliance in this poem this bit i wouldn't agree with that if you can meet with triumph and disaster and treat those two imposters just the same i don't really know how that's meant to i shrug at both (laughs) when my house is on fire or i'm winning another award i just shrug light a cigarette and walk off into the distance Got no home on belongings anymore. Well, I don't care. I've do got think, this one cigarette. Do you think that lit cigarette might uh, might be incriminating, given the or house is burning down? Well, I'd certainly I'll smoke it quickly and get rid of the evidence. If you can bear to hear the truth you've spoken, twisted by knaves to make a trap for fools. Oh, that is quite well written. That's really good, isn't it? You've yeah, got to say, well Rudyard... I feel that that might be what happens on this podcast. You know, when I was talking about Tendulkar going dogging, that was a context which made it 
<laughs> which made it aspirational and lovely. Obviously, yeah. that's been stripped back by the Indian Times. <laughs> do, you think, do, you think that's gonna, do you think that's gonna hold up in court when we're absolutely sued sued for slander by saying the greatest Indian cricketer of his generation is a is a massive dogger? Don't you well, realise? Well, don't you realise? Second. <laughs> The truth we've spoken has been twisted by knaves to make a trap for fools. Are ye a fool? I mean, that'll get us off. I'm pretty comfortable. That'll get us off in more ways than one. Uh, <laughs> or watch, watch the things you gave your life to broken. That's how I feel about this podcast. I've given it my life. <laughs> this, is, this is a song. We sold out the Letters to Fear. By the way, listeners, we've already sold out, I'm afraid. By the way, we haven't sold it out, but we're assuming that, it's, we're, we're assuming that enough of you will turn up and be aggressive enough and make references to... <laughs> Bastille. The Bastille. They're storming the Bastille. You should also say that. Yeah, you yeah, did yeah. that joke earlier, but it's you know, good. I did that joke about five episodes ago, but whatever. Uh, if you can make one heap of all your winnings and risk it on one turn of pitch and toss. That feels an insane thing to do. He's got, he's got good advice here, and he's mixing it with some very reckless stuff. <laughs> if you spend all your years building up a nest egg... Put it, on, put it on black. <laughs> and then rich it on one turn of pitch and toss. What even is pitch and toss? Uh, if In the dogging community, it's quite well known for <gasps> Do you know what, Johnny? I've actually got... <laughs> Sorry, I just heard what you said. <laughs> Tendulka, how did you really make your money? I think it was... <laughs> I, think you, I think you were good at the old pitch and toss down, down the falafel camp. <laughs> Do come and see us on tour and give us a five-star review. Ticket, May right. 12, Leicester Square. Here is, here is what it is. If you can make one heap of all your winnings and risk it on one turn of pitch and toss and lose and start again at your beginnings and never breathe a word about your loss. So basically, if you can fuck up and never tell anyone about it, well, which I mean, is, which, let me tell you something, I do follow that advice a lot. It's the opposite of a podcast, though, isn't it, that? <laughs> it's like, like, keep everything to yourself. Do not go on platforms <laughs> talking about yourself loudly. Go fuck yourself, Rudyard. Go fuck yourself. I go actually fu- like the Jews. I like the Jewish community. I'll not listen to this man. <laughs> Imagine if we edit out your references to him being anti-Semitic and you just said that out of nowhere. <laughs> fuck you, Rudyard. I like the Jews. <laughs> I think it's um, quite well known he was anti-Semitic. I think he was sort of anti a lot of things that weren't white, white and, and British. Uh, if you can force your heart and nerve and sinew to serve your turn long after they are gone and so hold on when there is nothing in you except the will which says to them, hold on. That's really great. Nice, mm, nice. I don't do that. I'd give up for sure. If you can talk with crowds... This is good for us because we're comedians. So this is see, see if see what you see if you've done this, Johnny, in your career. If you can talk with crowds and keep your virtue, do you think you kept your virtue when you when you called everyone a wig and a cunt? I never. I don't have any virtue to lose. I'm virtueless. Or walk with kings, nor lose the common touch. That's me, listener. Uh, I've do you mean walk- you're you've walk, you are a king, or you've walked with kings? Uh, yep. Yeah. Yes to both. <laughs> if neither foes nor loving friends can hurt you... What? I don't like that. <laughs> that if is all- very stuff up, stiff upper lip, isn't it? Essentially, if you're impenetrable to emotional damage by anyone you care or love. If all men count with you, but none too much. If you can fill the unforgiving minute with 60 seconds worth of distance run. Yours is the earth and everything that's in it. And what? which is more, you'll be a man, my son. Very good stuff. Can I... I say, I think you've stretched the self-improvement quite a long way. You've what just, do you mean? You've, you've read a long poem. <laughs> well, no, the whole thing is... But that's the thing. It is all about... It's sort of this English upper-class stoic thing. Uh, so in many ways, I think it's quite a damaging poem in that sense because I do I do think it's so popular in the UK. And, and, the, and, the, and quite, the, ma- the main yeah. message of it is... Don't ever rock the boat. Don't ever show your emotions. Don't ever stand up for yourself or yeah. have any self-pity. Yeah. Just, just basically do, be nothing. If you can be mistaken for a hat stand, that's a great <laughs> life, which I think yeah. it says a lot about where we are in this country. Any feelings, morality or values you have, be aware that a different point of view exists and do nothing. Yeah, basically. <laughs> and Don't, then you'll be a man. Yeah, you're a, you're, you're a man. Just shut up. 
and and don't ever admit defeat. Don't ever tell you. Don't ever show vulnerability. You're yeah. a man. Oh, I might next episode. I might do it on the power of vulnerability by Brené Brown, which is a lovely book. Very much in contrast to uh, Rudyard Kipling's poem. Yeah. Um, so, what's the big, biggest piece of advice you you've got from that that you think you can put in your life? The fact that uh, you you deal with victory and failure the same, or the fact that you're blowing all your money on pitch and toss and starting again <laughs> and never telling anyone. I never. I mean, I've, I've, we bleep out. We we'll have to bleep it out on the podcast because I've told everyone. I've told the seven million listeners we've got. Uh, by the way, if you haven't heard, uh, we actually went past Joe Rogan uh, this week as the biggest podcast on Spotify. Guys. We yeah. did it. We're the we're biggest un- podcast. We're uncancelable now. Next week, we've got someone who wants to wants to chat to us about COVID and what's really going on. <laughs> Mr. Novak Djokovic, we finally got him, listeners. <laughs> no, but the thing is, we can't tell people that. We shouldn't have told people that. That means we're not listening to Rudyard. Rudyard, think, Rudyard I, says I think, we shouldn't tell people if we're doing well. I think Rudyard's a fucking idiot. <laughs> Do you know what's weird? Rudyard wasn't even his first name. What was his first name? John. Was it really John Rudyard Kipling? It was John Rudyard Kipling. He chose Rudyard. Rudyard, if you want to get famous, though, you call yourself Rudyard. Because there's loads of Johns. I can think of four right now. Go on. John Elkins. Who is John, John Elkins? I've never heard he, of John Elkins. He is my sister's not- ex-boyfriend. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Sorry, uh, yeah, now you've reminded me, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you wouldn't know him, but I know loads of Johns. So my, my point wasn't, you know, John oh, Lennon. Oh, are you, are you suggesting that he had to... Famous Beatle? <laughs> are you, sorry, let's just go back for a second. Are you suggesting that Rudyard Kipling chose the name Rudyard so he wouldn't be confused with the success of your sister's ex-boyfriend, John Elkins? <laughs> I think so. I think, no, what I'm saying is that he wanted a, a name that stands out, and John is... Uh, my name's John, essentially. If you had an Ethan, we're there, baby. Yeah, no, your name is John, actually. Yeah, and what's yeah. your middle name? Rudyard. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I chose John because I'm not a fucking hack. <laughs> what is your middle name? It is James Stacy. <laughs> Fuck me, Johnny. <laughs> Why is it Stacy? <laughs> because apparently Stacy in the like the 1950s was like a surname, and now it's not, and it's a girl's name. And uh, it's every now and then at school they'd say like Stacy, and it would always be the end of that day for me. And. Your mum, has she got it going on? <laughs> well, I mean, I, I couldn't possibly comment. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've learnt a lot this pod. Uh, <laughs> basically, Rudyard Kipling, you know how to spin a good yarn. You know how to make the words your master. But in my opinion, you should have shown more of yourself. Opened yourself up. Maybe you could have learnt a bit from your years colonising India. <laughs> So, um, on to our, our weekly goals. Uh, and I can honestly say we set these goals about an hour ago. <laughs> because producer Paul's going on a holiday for a week and we needed to do two back-to-back to make it work for the schedule. Uh, that's the truth, listeners. We are in our... Yeah, we, we've been podcasting for a while and we weren't doing that well at the beginning. God bless you. God bless you for listening. It's dipping quality. It's because we are tired, we're exhausted... And we are physically broken. Would we have talked about doing a live action ants view along in the first episode? <laughs> I think not. I mean, but we're just talking is... about a dogging community, sort of <laughs> based around Sasha Dendulka being quite good at cricket somehow. I do think podcasting is not the medium for us, but unfortunately, it's what we're stuck with. So, yeah, what else I can think you do? Maybe we we get into graphic novels. <laughs> <laughs> this is from Johnny. I don't think Twitter handles need artwork. Bellum. <laughs> Uh, all right, so what was your, your goal? Was... My goal was to do the Miracle Mornings for a week. As it's been an hour since I last did it, I've not been able to achieve that goal. You failed, you failed. Um, and yours was... was to do the washing up. <laughs> what was to do my dishes? Frankly, you're a fucking disgrace. <laughs> what are you on about? What are you on about? You're a How hack. I... You're a, your goal for the week got me to do the dishes. Well, I've achieved it. So oh. what's that? It's called well, a victory. Well, my goal is to keep breathing for a while. Oh, I've done it. <laughs> I'm genuinely, I reckon it's 50-50 when you keep breathing. <laughs> I bet I bet a lot of the time your girlfriend comes into the house and you're on the floor going, mur, 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 mur. she's going, no, you have to breathe, Johnny. And you're like, oh, thanks, babe. Sorry, I was just thinking about um, 
All the all the wisdom I've learned from failing better. <laughs> Sorry, I was just thinking about all the wisdom I've learned from failing better. It truly has taken my breath away. <laughs> that is fantastic, Sean. That's really good that's broadcasting. Brilliant. That's the best it? thing we've done so far. <laughs> Take my breath away. I may have ruined it with the singing. <laughs> I I don't know if that's what ruined it, Johnny. Um, all right, so my goal was to do the dishes. I've done them. I've done What's the dishes. Next week? What's your goal for next week? Mine well, is, I'm going to keep the same because, frankly, I feel I've been screwed over by an injustice and I'm not willing it's to... It's an injustice totally of your own making. You knew when we were doing it. I know, but I thought we were going to lie. I thought we were going to lie. We will never lie to you, audience. Every word that we've ever said to you is true. We come really to did go to... Life. Come to Hans Live. I'm here the 12th. And we will see you at Falafel Camp this July and August. Be there or be square. Sashin's got his ticket already. If you want a masterclass in dogging and playing uh, spin bowling on quite difficult conditions in the subcontinent, then come to our Falafel Camp. Also, we will be making falafel. The, the, we shouldn't sell the masterclasses as a dogging masterclass. It is still at its core about the falafel. We've and not, that's what we've makes not it, lost touch of our yeah. truth. Yeah, that's what makes it such a good course. Uh, yeah, it's incredible. We've got uh, tomatoes, lettuce, garlic cream, <laughs> garlic cream. Oh god. I would hate to eat anything that you make. What do you mean? I just... I, 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 you don't strike me as somebody who knows much about food. What a horrible thing to say. I know a lot about food. I'm, uh, I love to eat it. Uh, well, all right. Well. Are you, all you've said is you make a good Sunday roast. I do. Well, that's, that's, my, that's my aim for the next week. Make a great Sunday roast. And, and uh, if you come to the Ant's Life on the 12th of May, uh, everyone will be getting a roast meal cooked by Sean and Bastille. <laughs> Me and Bastille will be cooking a full roast dinner whilst they play songs along to ants and we both recite poetry. It is going to be an enthralling evening of provocative art that is not made, certainly not made less provocative by the fact the audience can only get in by threatening the venue staff. £14.50 on the door, please. Uh, we, will, we will accept travellers' checks. I actually think maybe cooking, that would be a good uh, goal for me because I... I don't really cook much anymore, and I, th- I think it would really help me with my anxiety and sort of unwinding. Because you know I'm a workaholic, as you know, Johnny. And I, you I, know, yeah. it, every day it's just always be closing dollar dollar bill, y'all. That's my life, yeah. and so I, I'm going to set myself a goal of cooking dinner, cooking seven dinners. Seven? That's a lot. I don't think you'll do seven. To aim for mm. four, I'll aim for four dinners because my wife also likes cooking, so she cooks sometimes. Yeah. Seven, di- four dinners. And how? And a couple of lunches? But, like, not just, like, something that's better than just, like, cheese on toast. Yeah, I, I tend to, uh, yeah, four dinners, four lunches. But sometimes what I'll make for lunches, I don't even know if it counts as cooking. What, what is it? <laughs> I don't know, just, like, an egg. <laughs> but you cook the egg, presumably. You don't just smash a shell into your <laughs> mouth. Swallow the, swallow the egg whole. Don't even chew it. I'm like a snake. Contract my jaw, <laughs> in it goes. Uh, and Sean will be doing that at the Leicester Square show. I think we've overdone the Leicester Square show now. As I, I said it, I, I, I lost think we, I think we've underdone the Leicester Square show. <laughs> it is going to be beyond anything you could imagine. What you, what's your goal, Johnny? My goal is the same goal as last week, which is to complete the Miracle Mornings for seven days in a row and to see if that has a positive impact on my terrible life. And what are your affirmations going to be? Uh, I am a strong, confident pirate. I will fit in with the people from Somalia and they will, they will not be aware of my British past. And I'm willing to do anything. <laughs> I mean anything. <laughs> Are the affirmations that. meant to be that desperate? Are they, that sort of dripping with desperation, that, that affirmation? Isn't it meant to just be like, I am a great man, I'm, I'm going to take today? Not, I'm willing to absolutely anything to fit in on the pirate ship. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'll have a different one then. I am a strong, confident comedian. And in spite of audience's reaction, I know that I, am, I, am, I have a value and merit <laughs> that cannot be caught by any thing from what anyone from Wigan thinks of me. Do go see Johnny on tour, by the way, off limits. Um, I'm going to go see you at the Soho Theatre. Where are you staying, by the way? Do you want to stay with me? Yeah, right. London. 
I'd love that. That'd be fun. And, yeah. Um, and you go see Sean on tour. He's a lovely man, and he's even better at comedy than you would think he is from listening to this podcast. Okay. Well, I thought we were doing all right, but fair enough. That was, um, a, that was nice. That was a positive thing. You've read that negatively. I was, I was saying that you're a very talented, funny man. Fair enough. Um, God bless you. And God bless the United States of America. Uh, Thank you very much for everything. Uh, Have a great holiday, Paul. We'll see you next time because we truly are failing better. A podcast from producerpaul.co.uk. 